Well, hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of Parks and Recreation, and then we talk about it. And uh, the we here is myself. I'm Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by the power of the internet by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hello. Man, it's good to good to be together distantly. Uh, distantly, yeah. That's the preferable way. And uh, today we are talking about season five, episode eight, Pawnee Commons. And uh, this, this episode's a fun one. We get to meet Hitler's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet some more Eagleton folks. And uh, we uh, also go to the uh, Pawnee Community Radio Station, which is one of the most delightful places in all of Pawnee. So I'm excited. How are you? How are you, Jeremy? Are you excited? I too am excited Excellent. for this. This co- the co- just the commons. Good. Just it's, the commons nothing, part. Yeah, it's not special. It's just common. <laughs> yeah. Pawnee commons. Pawnee normal things. Um yeah. So, uh how do you uh how do you want to attack this one, Jeremy? I got three plot lines. And we got Leslie in the park, we got Andy and April, and we have Tom and Rent-A-Swag, or as my notes say, Toma and Rent-A-Swag. It does say Toma. <laughs> I'm going to uh, fix that. Boom. <laughs> Fixed. I know. I, let's, let's, uh, let's just start from the top. Leslie in the park. I'm for it. Hit, hit the Leslie in the park plot line. Okay. I, let's do it. Start mo- with. Mostly so we can do the, the cold open. <laughs> Contain your aggression, Derry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I, did, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> My bad. This is going to go great. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate probably like a delay or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last week we said we lied to our listener and said we are going to be as focused as possible. This oh, week, yeah. That's, yep. We're just not even going for the not lie. even trying. Just, yeah, let's tell the truth. Let's Good tell podcasting. The truth. All right. We're both just sad because our, our teams are not doing well in the March Madness. Um, March, more like March sadness. Hey, oh, hey, oh. So, uh, yeah, this episode starts with a cold open at the Pawnee Community Radio with uh, with Derry Murbles. Uh, and Derry Murbles is played by uh, the same person who does the voice for Homer Simpson. And so um, if you had never put those two together, listener, uh, that's probably not the face of the person you thought would be Homer Simpson, but it is. And, uh, and so it starts off uh, with the typical NPR introduction of the ad for like, this is brought to you by and the movie, um, <laughs> the movie that is <laughs> being promoted on npr here is the shadow of seven heads <laughs> cool i'm in i like right there awesome that sounds awesome it's so great the dra- dramatic tale of an israeli soldier who falls in love with conjoined palestinian sex tuplets and i'm out conjoined sex tuplets that's that's six people uh-huh it's <laughs> a lot and they're all conjoined uh so I don't know. I don't know who thought of that idea <laughs> as, a, as a possibility for a movie, but 
I'm surprised that it hasn't, nobody's actually tried to make this movie. I think they did, but they named it after a, a human bug. Oh. <laughs> Just, okay. We, and that's as far as we need to go with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So the host is Derry Murbles and his show is called Thought for Your Thoughts. And he comes in and he's introducing himself because he's sitting in for Nina Joplin. <laughs> Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Yeah. I love that it's it's coming out soon from Focus Features too. Like that was like they had to throw that in there because it's like, yep, they, they actually they would try to make that movie. You're yeah. right. Yeah, a small little uh, art house thing. So, uh, yeah. So Derry is uh, is um, he's sitting in for Nina Joplin, who is uh, touring the country performing a spoken word opera about pear shaped women. <laughs> <laughs> And so he's like, so my guess is Leslie Nope, Councilwoman Leslie Nope. And uh, and Leslie's like, it's great to be here. And then she returns the compliment saying that your show last week about dolphin lactation was just riveting radio. (laughs) (laughs) All the jokes like in this one section are just so like on the nose for for public radio that it's just it's so hard to just zoom past them. Um, And uh, and Leslie says, like, we are here because we need input for our design for our park so i'm putting out the bat signal and then dairy because it's npr and npr has to explain everything dairy says a bat signal for listeners who may not know <laughs> refers to the children's character the Batman, a strong gentleman who fights crime nocturnally that's well well put <laughs> <laughs> the Batman. Um, yeah. And so it's not, not exactly hitting the demographic of the listener there. No, no, it's a, a children's character. <laughs> um, yeah. I love Derry so much. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's like, that's well put. And uh, please uh, send us your, your plan, your resume quick, uh, because as we remember last week, they have 90 days to submit a plan to the next council meeting uh, or jam is going to put a punch burger on lot 48. And so, um, yeah, so Leslie's in a bit of a hurry. Uh, and so then um, the end of this segment, Derry sets it up uh, saying, coming up after the break, movie reviews with Ken Tucker, who is filling in for David Beyond Cooley, who is in New York filling in for Ken Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Leslie, would you like to introduce the next segment? And she says, yeah, it's uh, now it's time for jazz plus jazz equals jazz. Today we have a recording of <laughs> Benny Goodman played over a separate recording of Miles Davis and they hit play and Leslie's face is just like, Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> and uh, Derry is just resigned to like, yeah, it's terrible, but research shows our listeners love jazz. <laughs> Double I, down. <laughs> I just love it so much. It's so much. It's so, so, so good. Um, so yeah. So then credits happen. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to try to tell a story about okay. a clip of something that I saw on the internet. Mm-hmm. That this is going to go so well, I can already tell. Um, th- this was an interview with uh, Kelly Clarkson was in it, and then there was a guy who was deaf, and he was I don't I don't know what the show was from or what was happening, but he's telling the story, and he's saying how uh, when he was younger, he's like I really I really enjoy like music, but even though I couldn't listen to it, I love the bass, like I love feeling like the, yeah. the the bass. And so when we were one time we were driving in the car and we were um we had we got a brand new car with a really nice system and I asked my mom to turn up the music and she turned up a little bit. She's like I really want to listen to the bass and and so we got to the store and she went inside. I didn't really care about what the what was in the store. 
And so I sat in the car and I was like, oh man, I got the car to myself. I'm going to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to turn up the bass. So I just cranked the bass and just turned up, turned up the, the, the radio and uh, I had the window down and I'm just feeling it, man. The bass is just like going through me. The guys are just like dancing and, and stuff. And like somebody pulls up next to me, is like walks by and just looking at me like I'm crazy. And I was like, yeah, dude, it doesn't matter. I'm feeling it. Right. Like the bass is just moving through me. And then this other lady walks by and she's like, oh man, what's going on in there? And I was like, this must, this song must rock. This must be just an amazing song. And my mom comes back out from the store and gets in and she just starts laughing and laughing. And I go, mom, what is so funny? What am I listening to? And she says, you're listening to an NPR interview. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my word. That's amazing. (laughs) Dancing. <laughs> just dancing to it, just feeling the bass. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That is, thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Listener, hope you enjoyed this episode of Parks and Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah, NPR is bringing that bass. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, anytime we get to listen to or be a part of Pawnee Com community radio is yeah. a win it's good and day. there will be more with uh john hodgman in the future as well which is going to be augustus clementine <laughs> um so it's gonna be great it's going to be great so uh credits happen and then leslie and ben are in the office um looking over some of the proposals and uh, the first one is from a penitentiary uh and the person wrote a letter is like please i'm innocent find me a lawyer but then you look down at the bottom and the, the park is called worm park and it says i'm guilty <laughs> uh and so um so then leslie uh sees another one or ben finds one it's and it's like a really professional looking and guys guy the person has 30 years of experience um degree in architecture and it's really really awesome like uh manu uh, manicured shrubbery all kinds of great beautiful stuff fountains awesome and uh but um, Ben says, oh, this person's uh, name is Reston St. James, <laughs> and he's from Eagleton. And right away, Les is like, oh, change my mind. <laughs> and uh, she cuts to a talking head where she talks about how terrible the Eagleton people are. And uh, um, yeah, and so Eagleton, uh, if, for a listener who is not familiar, Eagleton is the neighboring town. And they're terrible. Um. There are no nocturnal strong men to fight crime. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I just love that they've had a blood feud for 200 years. Yeah. And Ben does not get it. Ben's not from there. So there's things about Pawnee that he still does not fully understand. And one of those is Eagleton. Uh, and so they, uh, Ben's like, we should just at least go and meet this person. Um, and Leslie's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So we can reject him to his face. (laughs) So, so they go and at the park, it's beautiful. Um, and they meet Reston St. James, uh, and Rest is like, Hey, thank you guys so much. What do you think about the park? And Leslie's just like, meh, (laughs) uh, in a word, underwhelming. Uh, and, uh, and then she's like, it's also inconvenient. I like, there's no garbage can. So I just throw my garbage on the floor. And then as she does it, a guy comes in, picks it up and says, thank you for your garbage. Um, and so, uh, Ben is taken with this whole park and with Reston, who's super charming. 
Um, and so he's eager to try to convince Leslie to work with Reston on this park. Uh, but then we cut cut to a, a talking head where she explains the snobbery of Eagletonians. Uh, and it goes to the when you're leaving the town, you know how we have this even in our region. You leave a town and go into a new town. It says, welcome to this town. Right. Those signs. Mm-hmm. And so the, the sign entering into Eagleton uh, says, welcome to Eagleton. And it's really pretty and beautiful on the punny side of the same of the same sign. It's under an overpass. So there's an overturned car. Uh, it says now entering Pawnee. Good luck with that. <laughs> 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 Which is just wonderful. So uh, my favorite entering town sign of all time. Can I is, guess? Can I guess? Yes, please guess. Is it is it Aberdeen? No. Dang it. No. But why would you guess Aberdeen? Because of that, what, what a huge Nirvana fan you are. And, I, and I do it, like Nirvana. And it used to say, come as you are. Uh, yeah, it did. used to say that. It until, did, and then it didn't. And then I think it, is, it does again. Yeah. I went to a McDonald's in Aberdeen one time, and it was okay. all Nirvana themed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, 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 the, like the food? Yeah, it was just very sad. Yeah. Uh, everything this came is... in a heart-shaped box. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. No, no it here's just your, had a bunch your, of Nirvana your... pictures on the wall. <laughs> Here's your lithium Pepsi. <laughs> Do you want a poly? That's what we call our uh, McChicken. Because like Polly is like, oh, Polly no. wants a cracker. Well, no, I, I it's understand. A mm-hmm. it's, a re- it's a bit of a stretch, but I'm for anyway, it. so is the idea that Kurt Cobain would want to be remembered in Aberdeen. <laughs> via via uh, a McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, the, my favorite one is, is Bothell. Um, which, you know, I have a bottle address. Uh, and for a long time, the one, the sign on 522, as you're coming down from Woodenville, it would just have this sign that said, welcome to Bothell for a day or a lifetime. Which uh, is ominous in itself. Like, you could be here forever. <laughs> Lisa or is in there. That's a very important or. Yeah. But what was, why I liked it so much is because youths would often come along and paint over the bot so it would say welcome to hell <laughs> for a day or a lifetime i'm just i'm just visiting just wanted and, to see what the hype is all about yeah so that always made me laugh every time i would drive that road and see ah, the youths they got it again so um yeah and so then they come to another uh park they're walking through and uh and reston says you know we like to keep everything super clean and whatever happened to the sewer overflow at circle park and uh unless he is trying to like be cool like we fixed it and Ben's like well except for the smell it's scientists think it's gonna linger for another <laughs> 40 years um and so she just gets right to it unless he's like why do you want to help us and he reston says look i'm passionate about parks i heard you play on the radio um and so i just want to be a part of helping you because it's all about the people. We're here to serve them. Uh, and then uh, he gets called over because the balloon artisan is out of balloons, <laughs> which is amazing. And Ben is just so like, oh, man, this is awesome. He's got chills. And uh, it's a gorgeous park. It is a nice park. And if that were a public park, that was not I, I've never seen a public park that nice ever in my life. You don't usually, live in you don't live in Eagleton. No, I don't. And usually the parks that I see are um 
barely maintained and uh, have people living in them. Yeah, I feel like ours are a lot closer to the Pawnee parks. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a problem. So, um, but yeah, so they uh, Leslie does not understand why Ben is so taken. Um, and uh, she, she says, you're like a Southern Belle when Rhett Butler comes around and he's like, yes, that's who he reminds me of. <laughs> or Bono. <laughs> so, uh, and then we get another uh, Leslie explanation here is like when Eagle, no one from Eagleton ever wanted to help someone from Pawnee. We had a tornado in 1988. We asked Eagleton for help and they claimed they weren't home. An entire town claimed they weren't home. And so she's very suspicious. She's been wounded before. And Ben comes back. He's like, look what the rest in commission from the balloon artist. And it's like a uh, it's two balloon figures of Ben and Leslie. It's amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment. But Leslie is not having it. So they go back to Pawnee and they go to one of the many murals in Pawnee to explain the history. Uh, And so she Starts out in May 1817. Scrappy group of frontiersmen and women arrived to uh, found Pawnee in Indiana. And residents like, we owe them a debt of gratitude. And then lean over to the same mural a little bit. June 1817. The richest among them take all their money from the bank and flee up the hill like cowards to form Eagleton. <laughs> uh, and so one month <laughs> into this founding of the town, and they already split. And uh, and and so Reston is it says, like, I have ancestors on both sides and this rivalry is, you know, is not worth it. And uh, and Ben then points out, like, you know, Leslie was actually born in Eagleton. <laughs> She's like, don't blame me for the sins of my mother, <laughs> which is great. Um, and so Leslie's like, look, I, I Ben or not Ben Reston says, you know, I want to help, but I don't know if this is a good idea. Um, and uh, and. Uh, Leslie is really having a hard time uh, with this because like she's like you always want to quit we never give up and Ben points out you have a mural called the many surrenders of Pawnee uh, <laughs> and so he takes her aside uh, to talk and saying like look we're here to serve the public and making our communities better and um, you know why are we not working with this guy He, you know who he sounds like he's and Leslie suggests Idi Amin and Lord Voldemort uh, and Ben says, no, he sounds like you. And so you need to apologize to him. And uh, and so uh, Leslie agrees to go apologize. Uh, and she almost dies is um, what I would say about this. And uh, if you were just watching just this plot line, you might be confused because Andy runs in and says, hey, have you guys seen Hitler? And then runs away. <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> so, um, And uh, yeah, so Leslie has a hard time saying I'm sorry. Uh, it get, even cuts to her like going outside, like like rehearsing. It. It's like he's a human being. You're a human being. You could just say I'm sorry. <laughs> and that like she can't do it. And then finally she does say I'm sorry. Um, I I would love for you to like I was rude. Um, and uh, and and it'd be great. And so Reston's like, okay, I'll waive my fee. I'll do the design the park pro bono, which is amazing. Which sounds um, like Bono. Yeah. Wow. Good point. Uh, and so this is great. And so he's already been working on this. And so he says, I'll, uh, I have a, a model, I'll send it over uh, and we can go through it. Um, and then Ben invites Reston to their wedding, <laughs> which is wonderful. And then if you were just watching this plot line, April would 
get up from behind the desk and say, I was never here and run away and then into the courtyard. And then Andy would find her and they would run away. So what's that about? We'll explain it in a minute. So then uh, like all this is happening in the same day because uh, I know this because Ben is wearing the same shirt. And I, uh, as Ben was wearing this shirt, I was like, I like that shirt. That's a good shirt. Anyway. Um, so, so, uh, people from Reston's, uh, office come over and they have a, a little model of the park. Um, and it is, it is offensive to say the least. It, they say it's the crown jewel of, uh, Pawnee containing the sights, sounds, and most importantly smells that define your city. Uh, several drool buckets for your more slack jawed citizens, uh, food troughs full of cheeseburgers and public showers with instructions for those who have never showered before. Um, and uh, then Leslie threatens to rip their throats out and they leave. And uh, and now and now Ben is very mad. <laughs> and she says, she says, hey, my backyard is bigger than your park. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, which I could totally believe because Pawnee people are uh, very wealthy. And uh, and so there's Eagle, a commercial. Eagleton. Yeah, Eagleton. Sorry. Thank you. Please, listener. Sorry. Right. Me. I just I'm sorry. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so then the, uh, Ben throws the model away and he comes back in and Leslie's like seeing like now I told you they're terrible. They call their boogers Pawnee caviar. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so Ben is like, I'm going to go and talk to Reston and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And so he goes over there and, and Leslie's like, we should go, we're going to drive to his house and we're going to burn it down. And Ben, again, the voice of reason is like, we can't do that. You're right. We can't. And like she's with a knowing glance, let's say like we can't wink, um, but potentially. Um, and so Ben is at a uh, restaurant in a park. I don't understand um, what's happening at this place, um, but there's a server who uh, says, you know, comes over to offer anything. And um, and then Ben also asks, like, why are there palm trees here? <laughs> and the server just says, we are on top of a hot spring, which creates a microclimate zone. We are. Truly blessed. <laughs> and so, uh, so Reston comes in. He's like, I'm so late. And Ben's like, what happened? And, and so he's like, that was a stupid prank. I had nothing to do with it. In fact, I was firing those two people. Uh, and so I was late because I was escorting them out of the building. And so Ben is won over by this. Um, he's like, good. And, uh, um, and Reston then says, there's people in my firm who, who wanted to promote them, but I was insisted they were fired. Um, and so he's, um, he says, I'd really love to do this. I'd want to do this, but I don't know about Leslie being able to get over this bad blood. And Leslie says, oh, she's a very forgiving person. At which point, Leslie comes and covers Reston with shaving cream um, and calls him a butt-faced pompous jerk. And uh, and then um, Ben says, Leslie, he didn't do it, and he fired the people who did. And so Leslie is really winning the day. Uh, so she says, I'll give you a, st you want to, you want a stupid tie? I'll give you a stupid tie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, uh, it is a lot of shaving cream and, um, yeah, i I feel bad for Reston in this moment, but with a name like Reston, I, I just can't feel bad for long. And it's, and it's, it has a silent W at the beginning, right? Like wrestle. Yes. Or, or wreck. Yeah. Or, or how. No, why? Or, <laughs> or Ren. 
Oh, yeah, Ren or <laughs> this is this is awesome. Let's take what? time for to to list all the words to start with WR that we know. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of Wordle in my house, um, and I am very angry whenever there's a silent letter because you only get five letters to choose from and six guesses, and a silent letter is basically cheating. It's like I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not using that letter. And you throw it in there. It's it's so annoying. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry they did that to you. I will be okay. I will be okay. So finally, they see uh, Reston brings the real uh, examples, and uh, it's got a Wamapoke themed playground, food trucks, a little Sebastian fountain, and Leslie is taken with it. She's only going to fight with sixty percent of these ideas. <laughs> so I'd expect uh, nothing less. And uh, and then Reston asks, you know, I've never met two people more passionate about their hometown. And Ben then points out, I'm actually from Minnesota. And uh, the reason he is so passionate about Pawnee is because he loves a woman from Pawnee. And Leslie points that points out that Ben's in love with her. In case that was unclear. So this wrong. what's wrong? No, that's another WR word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what did I say? What, what that, I, just, I, I took notes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so the park's happening, beautiful design, like it's all things are coming together pretty well. Now, when you first watched this this episode, did you I mean, the way they set this up was like it's a perfect it was a perfect spot for him, Reston, to then prank her, punk her one more time. Right. Like, Did you feel like that was the setup? Like, because in my head canon, that had happened and I forgot that it turned out to be a good thing. I remember the first model, but I thought right. the whole thing was a double setup to like really, really get her. Right. And then it turns out he was really nice. And I was like, oh, this, that's, that's nice. Rest in St. James. You are a saint of James. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I also was expecting a, a, another, uh, another prank. Um, and so I wonder if there's a director's cut somewhere that we saw where there was another prank. But maybe, maybe I just have been so wounded by Pawnee Eagleton rivalry that I just, I can't yeah. trust anybody anymore. I, can't, I couldn't trust him. I couldn't trust him. Hmm. Yeah, let's uh, let's do Tom and Rent a Swag now. Tom and Rent a Swag, excellent. This one's blue, listener. Um, <laughs> That's the uh, color coding for the spreadsheet that Jason created. Just so you know, it's not a sad, you yeah. know, chunk or of the episode. It's also not profane. There's not a lot of swearing or inappropriate talk that's not safe for young ears, um, except for right at the beginning when Tom welcomes everybody into the building, saying friends, former lovers, acquaintances. So sorry, that's that's as blue as it's going to get. Um, but, uh, he, he's bringing everybody in cause they're going to help him like remodel the space he's, he's renting. And he says, friends, former lovers, acquaintances, Jerry, <laughs> I introduce <laughs> you to the future home of rent swag. And, uh, it is not good. It is in bad shape. So he needs all the help he can, he can get. Um, and so, um, he again, gives us a overview of his business, um, and, Starts by saying, and this is a talking head, much like 90s startup com- stand-up comedy routines, Tommy B. Shopping. Um, and uh, and so he's, his whole business is he's going to let his rent his clothes to teens so parents don't have to buy nice things that they'll just grow out of. And so, uh, so yeah, so he needs a retail space to do this. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. And Ron points out that he loves wildlife, but is a store the best place for it? And it cuts pans over to Jerry, who is in a stare down with a very large raccoon. Um, and Tom just says like this, 
place needs work, but it's got lots of foot traffic, no meter parking, and it's in my fiscal range. And Donna is impressed with the use of the word fiscal. It's good. Um, and Chris is impressed because Tom is reinventing himself, uh, which gives Chris faith that anyone can reinvent themselves. And if we remember, Chris is in a, a journey of self-discovery. He is uh, in intense psychotherapy with Dr. Richard Nygaard. So he also is reinventing. Um, and so this is an optimistic moment for Chris. Um, and uh, yeah, and so Tom is uh, transitioning from Tommy Timberlake to Thomas M. Haverford, responsible tycoon. <laughs> so this is going to be great. Uh, and so as they are working, we come back to them and they're making good progress. And Tom actually gives people good compliment, Com compliments, compliments, mm -hmm. compliments. Words are good. Um, and so he uh, points out that Donna's work is ravishing uh, and Anne has great organizational skills. And this is something that she learned. He learned from a autobiography by Lee Iacocca. Mm -hmm. about small connections between workers and stuff. And then Jerry comes mm -hmm. over and says, he asks, how does, how's his heart? And Jerry starts talking and uh, Tom says, great, glad to hear it. Doesn't even listen. And then he, DJ Roomba's back and uh, Roomba starts, DJ Roomba plays uh, Whistle While You Work. And, uh, and so, yeah, so he's excited. Tom's excited to um, get things going. He's trying to be a different kind of business owner. I love it. But hey, fun, fun fact about that, uh, that Lee Iacocca book, um, yeah. it was also in the office mm -hmm. where, um, on the date, Michael date, Michael, mm -hmm. um, and the manager says you should, you should read it. But the funnier or the more interesting part is that it was, uh, co-written by William Novak, father of BJ Novak. No. Yeah. The Lee Iacocca. Yeah. That's, that's what, amazing. That's what IMDB said, um, when I typed it in. And that is at so it. cool. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Um, I also love Michael Scott's response when uh, the manager of the place <laughs> says, have you read Lee Iacocca's biography? And he said, read it. I read own it. it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you want to buy a Chrysler. I own a Chrysler. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Tom is excited. Uh, he does recognize that rent a swag is really his last chance here. Um, and so this could be, he won't have anything else except his looks. So he could always, pimp himself out to hot older ladies needs to remember that um so then work continues and chris is working with ron um and he has a lot of questions and ron is the type who doesn't really like to answer questions um and chris uh is doing this because dr richard nygaard uh suggested trying some non-exercise based hobbies so he's doing working on woodworking with ron and ron is annoyed and so he uh oh he's doing this talking head and showing his woodworking progress it's got like a a two by four <laughs> that he cut down and scratched at <laughs> and he's like i made this before i started it was bigger <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird piece of wood <laughs> uh so um and so ron gives him a a flight of stairs that leads to nowhere uh just to basically get him out of his hair so busy work yeah. Uh, and so towards the end of the day, um, he uh, Tom comes out and like everything's painted uh, and it is a really ugly yellow paint. Uh, and uh, Anne says it looks like dried phlegm, which is gross. Uh, and uh, 
Donna is like, yeah, this place makes me feel sad. One of the mannequins tried to commit suicide, <laughs> um, which, wow. Uh, and uh, and Tom's like, look, it's, it's not the best color, but I had a goal I, and I came under budget. And now I have a small treat for y'all. A pizza party with one small pizza and two cans of Werner's ginger ale, which is a very Midwest thing to do uh, to have not the pizza, the Werner's. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, Jerry is like shocked. That's one small pizza with no toppings to which Tom responds. Cheese is a topping Jerry. Um, and then he also complains about how light, how bright the lights are. And he's trying to save money. And Ron, uh, points out, uh, if this were, if there were more food and fewer people, this would be a perfect party. Uh, but why do you think, why do you think, Jeremy, that Tom is being so cautious with money this time around? Oh, like, why is he overreacting, like, yeah. to the point that he's being stingy and annoying? Yeah. Oh, most definitely because of his failure at 720, and they just spent money like it was no thing. Yeah. But uh, do you think there's something deeper there? Uh, he grew up a, no, I have no clue. Well, I think it's because it's his, like, I think it's Ron's money. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that works you know, too. Like he's trying is, to be responsible. Yeah, like he respects Ron. Yeah, and Ron is taking a chance on him, and uh, and so he's trying to work within his means. Uh, where whereas like Tom Ralphio, a Tom Ralphio, that's a combination. That, that's their uh, yeah, that's their couple name. Uh, Haverstein, um, Tom Haverford, and John Ralphio Haverstein Haverstein. Uh, they did not care about anybody else's money because this money was not like it wasn't real to them with right. E720. And so this is like real money with real people who he really cares about. And so he's trying to be respectful. Uh, and so he comes into the office the next day or a little after, I guess, maybe. Um, well, it, it is it gets confusing because Ben's wearing the same shirt throughout the whole episode. But this looks like another <laughs> anyway. Um and he points out that he's uh, missing $9. And so uh, he wants whoever took it to come and confess. Um, and they'll be served, served with a lawsuit. And we'll just move on with our lives. <laughs> and Anne then says, let's go to breakfast. Uh, and he's like, well, all right, it's your idea. So you're paying, you're driving. I'm not chipping in for gas. <laughs> so <laughs> he's definitely building some boundaries, which is good for Tom. Um, and so at uh, JJ's, uh, he, Tom orders pancakes as well as 12 eggs uncooked and some toast, 20 slices untoasted in a row in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> so he's ordering a carton of eggs and a loaf of bread. <laughs> and Anne's like, the pancake breakfast is fine. Uh, and so Anne then says, like, look, <laughs> but Tom, Tom's like, well, don't offer, don't offer to pay if you're going to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Anne did not offer to pay. Um, but uh, Anne's like, listen, you've got to like chill. I know we, you made a lot of mistakes, um, but you need to um, have a little bit of that old Tom to make this business work. And Tom is just so like overwhelmed by how uh, old Tom destroyed E720. Um, and uh, and so and Anne agrees, like made a horrible boyfriend, terrible employee, drove you drove you to bankruptcy. Uh, and but she points out like the swagger and showmanship is what like gets people. Uh, into Tom, like that's what's going to help. And uh, you can't have rent a swag without the swag. And so, um, so Tom's like, but I don't have enough money. And the the office they pitched in, 
to invest into the space to make it not look like dried phlegm. Um, and, uh, and so she, uh, so they are giving him some money and she said, you can give us like 1% of stock in the company. And, uh, Tom is excited. It's a cause for celebration. And so he asked the waiter to bring eight strips of bacon uncooked in a sealed package. <laughs> well, and what's cool too, is that Anne highlights something that even Tom doesn't see that Ron saw the previous episode in the pitch is that it wasn't that Tom is, t- is like really bad at this stuff, but John Ralphio really brings out the worst in him mm-hmm. or like allows him. He's an enabler to just kind of do whatever you want. And Ron, you know, like we saw last episode when Ron got, when Tom got rid of John Ralphio, Ron's like, I'm in because I, I understand, I, I know how good you can be, but get rid of this clown and get out of your own way. I don't think Tom has realized that yet. Right. And so he just blames himself for everything. And even Anne saying, no, dude, like, even though she didn't call out John Ralphio, she's saying, we, we, you still need to be you, you know? Right. Yeah. Watch, watch the company you keep kids. Yeah. <laughs> show me your friends and I'll show you your future is what youth pastors said to me a bunch of times. Dun, 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 dun. Why do you keep saying this to me? You don't like my friend, Oren? <laughs> uh, yeah. You so, are. So they uh, go back to the new and improved rent swag with now 30% more swag. There you go. And it looks really good. Yeah. And he brought all his stuff there except for his bed. He lives in this place. Um, and Ron points out that he hates all of it, which means it's probably good for business. Uh, and Chris sees the, staircase, the flight of stairs leading to nowhere. Um, that has been fashioned into a display for shoes. And Ron's like, yes, that was always the plan. (laughs) Um, And then Tom throws a real pizza party with two pizzas and toppings on half because he's not Zuckerberg. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so Tom's uh, Rent-A-Swag is coming together. It's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, so let's jump over to the last plot line because Andy, if you remember last episode, is uh, coming on as the weekend security guard at City Hall. So this is a Saturday or Sunday when everybody is working, giving their time to Tom. And uh, Leslie and Ben are working through park projects. Andy is at City Hall by himself, wandering the halls. And uh, turns out he thought it would be a super fun job, but it's a terrible job because there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so he uh, walked around the building four times in 20 minutes and then thought maybe some more time went by while he was talking to the camera and it's only been 15 seconds. <laughs> so he is not doing well. So he asked April to come and be with him. And when she shows up, I was like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I started thinking about existence. And do I matter? Do any of us? Is there a master plan in the works? A grand design? Just dumb stuff like that. <laughs> April's like, who cares? Um, and so... Uh, yeah, so April is going to um, spice up the day a little bit. And she points out that it's awfully quiet, maybe too quiet. Isn't this how Albert Macklin cases start? And, uh, and so she runs off. And so Andy then gets his, uh, his Bert Macklin costume together. And he is, we next see them, uh, April is tied up to a chair, in quote marks. Um, and uh, Andy is going to interrogate her. Um, and, uh, and so April introduces herself as Judy Hitler, the spoiled daughter of Adolf Hitler. (laughs) 
And uh, and so then uh, we find out that Andy is looking for the necklace with all of Germany's war secrets. <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't know how you would think of that, but uh, that, it just, yeah. I love that idea that there's a necklace with all of the war secrets. That's on a micro microfiche. I guess. I guess. And uh and um April is refusing to to say anything, denying knowing what he's talking about. Um and Andy says, I will resort to torture. And April says, Fine. Uh I will show you where it is. And then uh <laughs> they're looking at each other. And this is one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Don't do it, Hitler. <laughs> Don't you dare fall in love with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder if Chris Pratt ever thought in his wildest acting dreams that he would ever say, Don't you dare fall in love with me, Hitler. <laughs> Don't you do it, Hitler. <laughs> so, uh, but then April escapes and runs away. Uh, and, uh, next we see them. Andy is on the, on per- in pursuit. <laughs> cause and... she, cause she tried to choke him with, she got out of her restraints and <laughs> yes. tied and like fake tied the, the rope around his neck. Yes, of course. As you have, why that's a, the only way to escape exactly. this kind right. of situation. Um, and, uh, so Andy is like, you can't run Hitler. 82nd airborne is everywhere. Looks to the camera <laughs> history channel. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then they, he finds uh, this kid there and he yells out freeze. And the kid is like, I didn't do anything. And April comes along and is like, yeah, bad call Bert. Uh, and we find out that this kid is uh, missing. His name is Joey and he was with his mom and got lost. So my question is why are Joey and their mom at city hall on sure. a Saturday? Right. And, and he's all, a terrible all, security guard. <laughs> all the lights are out. Yeah. Like, whatever. Well, cause he's off playing Hitler. Secret Hitler. <laughs> I, yeah, there's so many reasons. I was like, what is happening here that this family is here on on a Saturday? But whatever. Um, and uh, and so Andy's trying to make the kid feel better. He's like, uh, oh, don't worry about it. I've been lost here 500 times and I work here. Uh, why don't we go find your mom? And opens a closet. It's like, well, she's probably not in there. <laughs> uh, and so, um, yeah. So then they uh, go up the elevator and April says, does this look familiar? I'm talking to Joey, uh, and Andy's response is no, not at all. <laughs> did you? Did you? When he came out of the elevator, uh, Andy looked really sweaty. <laughs> yes, he like, did. <laughs> like there must have been some other scenes in there somewhere where they were running around, and uh, yeah, I don't know. But I was like, yeah. I don't think it takes a lot of effort to ride the elevator. But he, he's giving Joey a piggyback ride, isn't he? <laughs> yes. And so, like, how many? How long was Joey on Chris Pratt's back in this episode? You know. I, but- this could be like the 20th take. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but his, Joey's mom's up there and, um, and they reunite the kids, the kid with his mom. And uh, uh, Andy says, just doing my job. And Joey says, thanks for saving me, Andy. And thank you too, Miss Hitler. And mom's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and don't worry about it. And uh, April's like, man, you made those two happy. And, and Andy's like, no, Bert Macklin did. And, and then April is smart here. It's like, no, actually, Bert Macklin made that kid cry. Um, and maybe it's time for Bert Macklin to hang up his shades. And uh, mm-hmm. so they uh, go into the city council chambers. Cause Andy has keys cause he's security guard now. Um, and, uh, 
Andy is turning in his badge and sunglasses and his FBI coat. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Andy, uh, April says, uh, sorry to see you go. You don't always play by the rules, but you were a great agent. And, uh, Andy's like, today I say goodbye to the, my only life I've ever known. 40 years I've served. I've never even met my family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but also, April points out, well, the boys chipped in and we got you this. And it's a sheet of paper that just says, you were in the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I never even met my family. But after this, it's totally worth it. It isn't much. It literally <laughs> isn't much. <laughs> uh, and so as he's walking away, uh, April has a, a gun firing app on her phone and is giving him a seven day salute or seven guns, 21 gun salute. 21 gun salute. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and he, you can see the pain on Andy's face as he's walking into the camera. So, yeah, and that's, that's the end of Burt Macklin uh, for now. Right. And that's why I, that's why I wanted to end here, because Willie, Willie come back. And for continuity's sake, before they found the kid, that's when they were after uh, Judy Hitler escaped. That's when they were playing Hitler and popped up when uh, they were talking to the guy from Eagleton. Right. Just, yes. Just see it. Yeah. Bringing that back around. Yeah. Have anybody seen Hitler? <laughs> I don't want you to get the wrong idea about our town. Has anybody seen Hitler? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it. Uh, I, I really enjoy this episode. It is super fun. So Yes. Agreed. I, uh, it was, yeah. I just love, Um, I love Burt Macklin. And I'm sorry to see him go. For now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see him back. Don't worry, guys. The Johnny Karate Super Awesome Hour. <laughs> um, yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, well, they don't even know about Johnny Karate yet. So they're like, if it, somebody hasn't watched Parks and Rec, they're just like, ooh, who's Johnny Karate? And I'm excited to help you learn about that. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, listener, uh, I didn't get any email about Jeremy's uh, poisoning his family with counter pizza yet. It's because they know it's fine. All right. So not, I do. Not even, not even worth an email. I do want to hear from you about this, listener. Um, and as... Uh, as we head towards the end, I do want you to know that I will never, ever play two jazz tracks over each other as an exit uh, for, uh, for our show. You're welcome. That's, that's kind of you. It's, I'm here it's to not serve much. People. It's the least we could do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to have to try to do anything. Well, that's the best part. It's like giving up powerlifting for Lent. Nailed it. <laughs> it's not even hard. <laughs> so... Really, weightlifting in general is the most pointless thing because the stuff's already on the floor and you're just going to put it back. Yeah. Why? Just leave them on, leave them there. Anyway, I got other, I got other theories. Uh, anyway. Oh, do, 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 do share. I don't really, I can't, I mean, I'm working on a project about health. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll check it out in your health memoirs. <laughs> read it i own it <laughs> <laughs> that's what this whole thing is this is the long con it's it's for you to pitch your health initiative book mm -hmm. that's what this entire podcast has been about yep that's why l ron hubbard started writing science fiction mm -hmm. and now let me tell you about my crazy religion uh so now that the now you make a lot what? of money as a leader but you have a lot of fun as a follower yeah <laughs> oh creed so 
Yeah, uh, we should ne- uh, wrap yeah. it up. What do wrap you think? Up. Next week, I, I'm for it. Um, this okay. got a pretty low rating on IMDb, um, mm. 7.8, which I just that I feel low. that's really, really low. Uh, but next week is uh, an 8.9, according what? to IMDb, and it's Ron and Diane. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. That's so, a good one. The cold open for that episode is maybe the best of all time, if well, I'm we, remembering correctly. We will see next week. We'll see. All right. Well, Jeremy, um, bye. See ya.